Welcome to the Ohio Ministry Network podcast. The following audio was recorded at the 2014 Synergy Conference held in Gahanna, Ohio at Pathway Church. For more information, please visit our website, ohioministry.net. So yeah, my name is Jesse Cook, without an E actually, um, just C-O-O-K. And uh, my wife, Raylan, is not here today. Um, We're married about eight years now. We have a, a son who just turned two on Thursday. His name is Justice, and he is crazy, and I love it, and uh, I love being a dad. But you can see pictures of us uh, at our website. It's jessieandraylynn.com. Uh, you can also connect with us on Facebook and Twitter and all the other stuff through that um, on there. So, so yeah, um, today we're talking about 10 ways to fail at college. Um, just out of curiosity, why did you guys come to this session today? I just want to hear some one or two of you talk about why you showed up here this morning. You look like you have something to say, Taylor. Math class. 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 Anyone else? Cool. We'll be time for questions at the end. Um, and really this could be uh, probably, the title could be 100 Ways to Fail at College. It's not, not an exhaustive list. And so these are just some of the, um, the main ones here. And, you know, for me, uh, I've been working with young adults since 2001 um, when I was a young adult. <laughs> and started working in, a, in a, just a church setting with young adults, uh, 18 to 25. Loved it. And uh, God opened doors for me involved with Chi Alpha in 2006, and so I've been doing that ever since then. Um, not just at Kent State, but also at school in Missouri. And so these are just my own personal like observations of things I think students really struggle with, some of the top 10 big issues. And we're all in here for different reasons, um, but I think that uh, you know, we can learn from, from them and hopefully help guide some students that we know, uh, kind of guide them around these pitfalls or help them prepare for them how to respond to them. So, so just jump into it. Um, you know, first, kind of my target audience then, this is actually going to be a blog post I was going to write up and put out there, but who has time to blog, right? <laughs> like, it's like you got an idea, but really you just don't have time to do it. And so uh, this would be good content. The, the target audience is really for that Christian student that probably is going to find themselves on a secular campus or university. Um, so I'm assuming that this person already kind of loves Jesus, wants to keep loving Jesus, and hopefully that's where they're going to, where they're going to go, um, keep walking with him. So number one, uh, oh, sorry, one more thing. <laughs> the idea, the twist is this. You can go through college, and you can have a... I'm so yes, it's a, yes you can. It's true. Yes, you can. You can be in college, you can graduate with perfect grades, 4.0, and looking back, still have failed <laughs> at college. Think about that for a minute, right? Um, 
Because college, really, and this is my first one, first point, really. Number one is assuming that college is only about the grades. It's not only about the grades. Um, you know, 18 to 25, there's a lot of really important things happening in somebody's life, isn't there? Who in here is over 25? Just out of curiosity. Who would say some really important decisions in my life are made between the ages of 18 and 25? Just raise your hand again. Yeah, still impacting you today probably, right? Because you're figuring out it's a really unique time in life because you're kind of answering the big questions of life. And you might not ask it this way, but what's going to kind of happening is you find out, okay, why do I exist? And what's wrong with this world? And where's my place in the world? How do, how do I make a difference in that? And we, we all ask it in different ways or come about it differently. Even though we don't internalize it, it's kind of what's happening for us. You know, what career am I going to have? Am I going to get married? Who am I going to marry? Right? How's this going to go down for me? The big questions of life. And uh, college is not just about the grades. It's about you developing as, that person developing as a person, becoming an adult. I've heard it said before, it's kind of like uh, you go into college, it's almost like wet cement. <laughs> it's like mixed up, all this cement. And if you know anything about uh, construction, which I don't really, but I know cement, and you mix it up, you slosh it out, it's going to harden. That's kind of what the end of your college experience, all this stuff is kind of mixing, churning up. When you get through it, right, you start to really become who you are as an adult. You don't change a ton after 25. You know, you can fail if you go through college and think it's just the grades. Or it's just the message the university is giving you. The message the university is giving students is um, it's all about your success. And that's important, and that's good for a university. They need to have successful students, and, and you want to see them get good grades. That helps the university, obviously. But for a student that's following Jesus and comes into college, it's got to be more than the grades. We've got to realize, I'm here for a purpose. God has me. Last session we talked about, Bethany shared, if you weren't here, go download it. She did a great job talking about a student going to college. God leads us there. And it's because God wants us to do something while we're there. I tell our students all the time, I challenge them, figure out what God wants you to do, and then do it. Because <laughs> you're not here just to float. You're not here just to get grades. There's a bigger picture. Kingdom of God's at stake, right? Opportunity to impact lives. That's a really long number one. Um, that's number one. It's not all just about the grades. Number two, uh, develop just having shallow relationships. Shallow relationships. You've heard the saying, a mile wide and an inch deep. Had relationships like that in your life before? Or at time seasons in your life, you've got lots of people, lots of acquaintances, but no one really close. That's a perfect environment for college right there. And if you go through your college career, in the end of it, you look back and you say, man, I made a lot of, got a lot of Facebook friends, but no one I can call up and say, hey, you know, I'm going through a hard time. Mom's sick, whatever. You're not calling up your Facebook friends for that. Right? So in college, you, you, if you look back and you just have acquaintances, no real close friends, they're all shallow relationships, you failed. You know, Proverbs 27 we quote it a lot, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, right? That's crazy about that. You think about it. I mean, there's some, there's some heat in that process, right? <laughs> it's like there's something going on there. There's going to be heat in that environment. I was thinking about, like, even our relationships, what a lot of students do is they'll get in a relationship with someone, hang out with somebody, and get offended, or something happens, and they just throw the relationship away. 
They just change it like a change in pair of shoes. <laughs> oh, don't want these anymore. See ya. That's setting you, that's setting you up for failure. Right? You can't, we can't treat relationships. As soon as it gets difficult, as soon as it gets hard, well, done there. I'm going to go find somebody else, new set of friends. Cut you guys out of my life. Delete the Facebook friend, right? We're going on. It happens so many times. I cut people out. And here's the thing. College enables that because there's so many people at the exact same place that you're at in life. So it's easy. It's kind of like, you guys remember the Bible, Joseph? And the, the, he had seven years of feasts. Uh, the, the really productive grain, and then seven years of famine were coming. It's like that with college and friendships and relationships. There's like these four or five years of feasting and relation. I mean, there's so many people. You can walk out and find a new best friend just walking down the street, right? But when you get out of college, it's like the famines come because you don't, you're not surrounding them with 30,000, 40,000 people that are all just like you in the same mindset, taking the same classes, the same shared experiences, and now you've entered the famine. Unless you've built some Unless you've stored up, unless you're wise like Joseph with your relationships and went deep, where are you going to be at? Right? You will have failed if you hadn't built, even Jesus had close, right? He had the 12, but he also had three that were really close. Peter, James, and John, the transfiguration, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Number three. Seeing yourself through the wrong glasses. This isn't just for students, I guess. Most of these aren't really. <laughs> just life. But especially for students. Seeing themselves through the wrong glasses. And that's through your critics' glasses. That's through uh, even your biggest cheerleader. <laughs> um, and your own negative ones. So like, seeing yourself through your critics. You guys ever have someone say something to you? And it's totally not true, but you internalize it, and then you start to, someday you like wonder, oh, yeah, you know, maybe big mustaches aren't as cool as I thought they really were, right? You start to wonder about that, and you're like, (laughs) exactly, my wife would be all about that. But maybe you start to internalize those negative, critical comments in your life, and you say, ah, Lord, show me the truth, Right? But you've done, we've all done that. There's stuff in our life. Someone says something to us, and they're a big critic, and we've internalized that and said, well, maybe that is true. Right? We got, and as a student, like, they've gotta, we've got to learn to develop and say, okay, I can't see myself that way. Even like your biggest fans. We have people that you meet, and everything's all super positive about you, and you can't do any wrong, and it's just, oh, you're awesome. They're just blowing smoke the whole time. <laughs> right? It's the other side of it, too. You've got to be careful on that side. You can fail if you don't if you don't figure this part out in college, I think, to understand, like, okay, how do I see myself, really? And even, even our own negative, like, we'll, we'll wake up and, like, have our own negative thoughts about ourselves. Like, we got to identify that stuff. So what glasses do we use? Jesus. <laughs> we see ourselves how Christ sees us. And uh, I heard uh, Don Leachy, who's a counselor, uh, published author at, he, he did Emerge, which is a world-renowned um, Christian faith-based counseling center in Akron. I heard him say that we need to see ourselves, uh, or the way God sees us is like this. He said four things. Just because you're human, not because of anything you do or don't do. You're lovable, you're valuable, you're forgivable, and you're changeable. That's it. No matter what, because you're human. 
You're always lovable to God. You're always valuable to Him. You're always forgivable. You're always changeable. Right? And this is what, as a student, like, we gotta, they gotta get that. Right? As we gotta see ourselves through Christ's lens. Not through our critics, not through our, even our biggest fans. Number four, uh, if you want to fail at college, act first and think later. <laughs> act first and think later. This is like um, the standard operating mode for many college students. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> it's, you're caught up in the moment. Everybody's doing this thing. And yes, this is awesome. No one stops to say, no one stops the crowd and says, wait, 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 wait. Let's think about this, guys. It just doesn't, right? But this is the standard way of doing it. That's what needs to happen. We've got to slow down. We've got to teach our students, those of you who want to help out, teach them just to slow for a moment and do like an own personal like check, right? If they can get in the habit of like, okay, this is going to happen, let me just take even like 30 seconds and think like before I jump into it, right? Slow down and think about it. And maybe it's not just those short little actions in the moment, but maybe it's the bigger decisions in life. We've got to teach them to, to slow down and to talk with a friend about it. Um, most college students, they don't just think that they know everything. They know they know everything. <laughs> and so then we get to push them to talk to somebody and then act. Then make, it, make a decision. Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever kind of been burned by something you put on Facebook <laughs> or social media, but college students do all the time because they don't slow down. They don't just pause and say, what, what are the implications of what I'm going to say here? They just, bleh. Pretty much. Yeah, it's just out there. And information is, it's instant and it's permanent. I mean, it's, once it's out there, it's out there. I mean, it just is. Um, it's constant. Anyone can access it. So big decisions like that, we got to teach them to uh, slow down. <coughs> uh, you can fail at, fail at college if you act first, think later. Number five, mistaking what's a temptation <coughs> or the, the result of a temptation for a trial. And by this, if you guys know James chapter 1, James writes one of my favorite passages of the Bible. He talks about the difference between a trial and a temptation. And what he talks about in that is he says that both of those things have a similar component. And that is a, you're in a hard place. You're in a difficult situation in life. Now, a, but the thing is, they both produce very different results. A trial produces what? Produces maturity, perseverance. It matures us. It grows us as Christians. God lets trials come, and they look hard, and they are difficult. And those trials are there for us to grow in Jesus, become better Christians. A temptation that we act on becomes what? Sin. And then he says, sin grows up and we don't deal with it. it. Ultimately becomes death. Hard times. And so we look at life, students look at life and they say, okay, I'm going through a really difficult time right now. And a lot of them will think, oh, it's just a trial. God just wants me to get stronger through this. But really what they need to be, really what they've done is they've acted on a temptation. Sin has happened. And now death is happening in their life. Everything's falling apart. Relationships all jacked up. Uh, you know, they don't, they're just not healthy as a person. It's because instead of, like, they're expecting, oh, I'm becoming more mature and complete as a Christian, really they just need to be repenting. 
And so mistaking a temptation for a trial, we've got to help students see the difference between those things. Yeah, you're in a hard time. I wonder why that is, right? I wonder why that is. One's to grow us, one's to lead us to repentance. I'll just say another thing about that. If you've got a student in your life that you're helping through that process, something we've noticed a lot is students will withdraw, thinking that we're judging them. (laughs) We're not judging them. It's God's Spirit convicting them. So if they start to put distance between you as you try to get more involved in their life, it it may not be you at all. It may just be the Holy Spirit of God convicting them about where they're at and the fact they need to repent. And so don't get discouraged. Keep loving them. It's not you. It's just God, <laughs> okay? Number six, uh, ways to fail at college. Do what everyone else does. Just do what everyone else does. It's so easy to just settle into what everyone else is doing in college. It's easy to party. It's easy to get wasted. easy to go have sex. easy to have horrible, complaining, crap attitudes. It's easy because that's what everyone's doing. That's what most of the people there on your camp, that's, what, that's what's happening. And so it's, it's countercultural to be a Christian. It's not popular to be a Christian on campus. Um, of course, we all know the issues with just doing what everyone else is doing. I mean, um, <laughs> even, even you talk to a student who's not a Christian, I mean, look, that way of thinking just doesn't make any sense. I mean, the Nazis even, right? There were a lot of Nazis at one point. There were a lot of people that were doing what they thought was right, and they... They missed it. You can't, we can't just do what everyone else is doing. And if, as a college student, you're a Christian following Jesus, and you're in school, like, you've got to realize that I can't just do what everyone else is doing. We're called to be different for Jesus. Right? You look in the Old Testament, God was constantly calling Israel, what are you doing? Calling Israel out apart. And saying, hey, be separate from the surrounding nations. That's what, that's what God's saying today to us. Hey, young Christian in school, in college, you're going to be different. You're not going to go and get wasted all the time. You're not going to go and do these things. Because you're, you're going to be different. you got to learn that. they got to learn that lesson, guys. they got to learn that, hey, it is going to be a different way of doing life for me than what all my peers are doing. And it's because I'm a Christian. Number seven. Uh, getting stuck on the emotional roller coaster <laughs> without realizing it. <laughs> The ups and downs um, of life, they can be crazy and intense. And uh, some people don't even know they're on that ride, though. <laughs> Do we all know someone in our life that's just crazy drama all the time? Their highs are really high and their lows are super low. And, like, they're wanting you to ride the train, <laughs> wanting you to ride with them, right? And you're like, man, just, I mean, just breathe for a second, all right? Realize that you're on this, you're, you're going right now. And so, uh, they get stuck on that emotional roller coaster, and then all this crazy stuff happens. It's the relationships and, and Facebook, and it's all this drama. I think a good solution to that is number one, healthy Jesus time. Healthy Jesus time. Get close to Jesus. Have that daily. I'm talking with Jesus, I'm in His Word, I'm open to what He wants to do in my life. and the things he wants to put his finger on and identify to me, right? Be introspective and, uh, you know, have deep friendships. Not just a bunch of acquaintances, but deep friendships. People that can say, hey, um, 
Jesse, did you know this? What's going on in your life? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just wanted you to be aware. I love you as a friend. Just heads up on that. Right? As we're in community with people, authentic, meaningful relationships, like that will help the student realize when they're taking that emotional ride. <laughs> they're up and down and they're all over the place. It'll help ground them. It'll help to ground them a little bit. Um, and of course, there's you know sleeping bet, actually going to sleep. <laughs> that helps a lot. Eating better, exercising, all those things are really important in uh, not letting the, the emotions kind of hijack you. Um, and as you work with students, um, uh, be aware of that, that process where you can kind of get sucked into their world a little bit, and don't, don't go there. So, like, you've got to know, okay, this is going on, this is going crazy, but I've got, to, I've got to, for myself and my family, just, all right, breathe, and realize I don't want to get sucked into all, all of that craziness of what's happening. And we love them, and we reach out to them, but we don't, we don't be aware of what's, that can kind of take us as well, okay? And so, um, so be, be alert to that as well as we work with, with uh, students. So number eight, <clears throat> how to fail at college. Um, define, defining identity or finding identity in everything but Christ, in anything but Christ. Happens constantly. You get to college, you grew up a certain way, and now I'm, I'm, it's a whole new season of life, and I get to find myself. I'm encouraged to do that. And I'm going to just have a whole new identity. I'm going to reinvent myself. And what happens is they, they reinvent themselves in destructive ways. And so, like, oh, I'm going to be the guy that, I don't know, <laughs> wears a cattail around campus. Uh, actually, we have someone that does that at Kent State. So I'm going to, you know... Yeah, actually, an actual cattail, like an eight-foot cattail. Um, I'm gonna, that's not destructive, but it's just weird. So, but don't be like, hey, I'm going to reinvent myself. And I'm, I've always wondered what, what it's like you know, to take crack, so I'm going to start smoking some crack. And like, I mean, there's destructive ways that students, they, they find these things, and they're like, they want, they want identities, and they're seeking out for that. And we got to help them realize, okay, yeah, find an identity, but find it in Jesus, you don't need to find it in something destructive that's going to um, leave you in a messed up uh, place. And so uh, I'll say this, unless, unless you're rooted in Christ, you won't be rooted at all. Unless you're rooted in Christ, you won't be rooted at all. And it's so true. People chase after money. They chase after the career. They chase after the grade. They chase after this friend. They chase after this whatever. They chase after all these things acceptance in all these places, but we've got to help them find their identity in Christ first. It's got to be Christ first. I, uh, I like this quote from Mark Driscoll. I don't know if it was a book I read or a tweet of his I saw or something, but um, he says, <laughs> he said, you're a Christian. You aren't cool. <laughs> I think that's great because so many... So many Christians don't care. These kids, they're trying to be cool. They just want to be cool. And they, so they're changing their style. Like, they're changing, oh, i got to find my style. I get to school, right? They're trying to fit. I'm going to reinvent myself. Like, 
And so they're changing, like, the kind of music they like to listen to, the clothes they wear, the way they talk sometimes. You ever know someone in high school, and then they got into college, they sound totally different. I mean, it's a, I knew a guy that went to Ireland, came back, and he literally started as, he sounded Irish. I'm like, you went there for like a week over the summer, dude. Right? I mean, like, how's, come on, man. So we, don't, they're chasing after, they want to be cool. They want to, or hip, whatever the lingo is you want to use. Um, hipster, sure. They're chasing it. We've got to find first our identity in Christ. Anything else is a fail. Number nine. <clears throat> My notes say, be a fakey fakerson. <laughs> you know what that is? It's somebody who's not real. Someone who's not authentic. It's someone who lives lies and puts up facades and doesn't live in reality. Ever had an experience with somebody that you both go through the exact same thing, but when you're retelling that story later on in the week, your version's a lot, <laughs> their version's a lot different than your version, right? Because they've kind of like twisted it and made it so they seem better. They made it so they, they seem this way or that way. They don't want to look stupid, so they'll say, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they're masters at it. They're, they're fake about it. They're not living in reality. They're delusional. Um, you can't fool people. You just can't fool people. People know. People know what's happening. It's true. You can't fool God. You can't fool people. You can't fool Jesus. You know, it, it moves from just storytelling to like fake friends, fake disciples, you know, fake Christians, fake, fake life. That doesn't work. You gotta teach students, you're gonna fail at college unless you get real about stuff. Stop playing this game. <laughs> you gotta be real. Be real about the situation you're in. Yeah, there might be some painful stuff. We we live in truth. There's also grace. It's a balance of truth and grace. And so here's the reality of it. Be, let's be real about it. Here's the grace part of it, you know? So, man. Number 10, last one I've got, and then we've got, oh, man, a little bit of time for questions, I guess. Um, I think this is probably the biggest one, actually, so I saved it for the end, like the, the zinger. The zinger. Um, I think the biggest way that students can fail at college is is boundary setting, not setting boundaries. And this happens in so many parts of life, from organization to to, to just doing life in general, to friend to relationships, um, to commitments. To it affects almost everything that we talked about already. How far? And like you know, how far is too far for a student? Unless you determine that ahead of time, you're always going to cross that line. Because in that moment, you're not going to be like, oh, whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on. Unless you've already determined in your heart, well, this is my boundary. One of the biggest things students can learn how to say is how to say no. And that's not always bad things I'm really talking about. A lot of times it's the good things because we can't make everybody happy. You, will, you must disappoint somebody. Who are you going to disappoint? That's the question. And unless you're choosing who you disappoint, you're going to be forced. You're going to be forced to disappoint somebody unless you're learning how to say no. Because students do all the time. They say, yes, yes, yes. I want to do everything. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm there. I'm there. Oh, yeah. And their, count, their, their schedule is so filled up. They have no time. They have no time at all because they don't know how to say no. They haven't put boundaries in place. And they're stressed out. They're on the emotional roller coaster going crazy. 
that you don't have time to invest to have real friendships because the boundaries aren't there. They haven't learned how to say no. You can't make everyone happy. You will disappoint somebody. You've got to choose who that's going to be. And it's okay. People, I mean, what's important, right? You've got to choose and determine that. Students got to figure that out. Along with that, I thought it was interesting. I was, um, I just remembered that in Galatians 5, it's self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a godly thing. It's, it's a sign, a mark, that we're growing in Jesus, that the Holy Spirit's at work in our lives, changing us, is to have that self-control in our life to say no, to set the boundaries. It lets us have a Sabbath. It lets us you know, take time to rest from the busyness of work. Like, boundary setting is absolutely massive, so huge, so huge. Probably one of the biggest ways students fail in college is, is they, they don't know how to set boundaries. And so those are the kind of ten that I highlighted. Um, there's probably a lot more, and maybe you wrote one down that you want to talk more about, ask questions. I think we've got, I guess, this is done at 10 after Steve, or is it at noon? Or Oh, we got 12.30. Oh, I'm early then. Okay, we got plenty of time. So questions, you guys, or we can get out early. It doesn't matter to me. So um, we can talk about some of the ones that you maybe are more interested in. So the question, yeah. So the question is kind of okay. Setting boundaries with somebody who is giving you the response, "I just want to find myself," and uh, a lot of times that that answer is kind of a cop out like response, and they just want you to stop talking, stop prying into their life a little bit. And so I think go deeper with it. Like, so what do you mean find yourself? Like what I. I say just engage, go right back and engage them more in the conversation and just press them harder because they've got to they've got to see that a lot of times high school students they gra- they graduate from high school and it seems like they graduate from their faith. <laughs> we want them to um, realize that it's not a thing you you sit down and pick up or what I mean. If you're really a follower of Christ, if you're really committed to this living God. You've got to find, like I said, you've got to find your identity in Christ. And so I think just asking more questions and kind of just pressing them a little bit more of like, so what does that really mean? You want to find yourself. Does that mean you just want to go out and party? <laughs> does that mean you, you're interested in Buddhism? Does that mean that you are, uh, what, it's really vague, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times it's just, it's a cop-out answer. They don't want to have to do what you're asking them to do. And so my, my response would just be to keep pressing a little bit more and just ask, well, what do you mean by that? And get them to kind of have some more conversation with you. Um, because as they're finding themselves, if they find it, try to find anything else but Christ, it's going to be a fail. I mean, it's just, it doesn't work. And you can help, help them see that in Scripture. Um, <clears throat> um, your own personal life. I mean, we all have times where we've chased something <laughs> and it's not resulted well because... We didn't put Christ first, you know. So, does that help? Okay. Cool. Any other thoughts, questions, musings?
one who's really into the show. But mm-hmm. I also have emotional roller coasters, so I'm not really that consistent to release papers, but I'm open. Like, what's a good boundary for me to release? For them or for you as person? Like, what are you? Um, maybe both. Because I think mm-hmm. that's hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, I mean, a lot of times it is that kind of combination of a lot of these things. And so, for you, you've got to figure out, God, how much can I give? Because you have to learn how to say no <laughs> when it's appropriate. That doesn't mean you don't, people are always more important than paperwork. And that's important. Like, we've always got to invest in people. And, and yeah, we make sacrifices for them. But also, you've got to stay healthy or you'll, you'll die. <laughs> like, you just won't be able to go long term. And so, I think start with yourself in that way. Um, Honestly, there's not an easy, it's not just a one easy answer. It's person by person. What's the stuff that's kind of taking them on the ride? Is it just because you're not sleeping? You know, is it, well, you, I sleep three hours a night. Okay, well, why don't you try at least getting six? You know, that, that'll help them. But, like, it just depends on the situation. And it's just, we got to, again, ask more questions and find out, okay, what, and let the Holy Spirit lead us, God. What is it this person needs? Do they need to, you know, because it's, it's a one-on-one thing, I think. I don't think there's a blanket answer that we just say, boom, there's all the boundaries. Because each person is so different. How we work is so different. How our personalities are. So it's just going to take more conversation, more talking, and, and I think God leading us to say, what's most healthy for this person in their walk with Jesus? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, please. I think it's really huge just to say, like, like self-revelation is so much more meaningful than someone else telling you, right? Steve can tell me stuff all day. Hey, Jesse, do the, you're, you're missing it here, man. But unless I'm like, aha, the epiphany moment, and that's what I think the questioning helps people get to that place of, like, 
aha, they connect the dots, and they, they got there, and it wasn't just you telling. So, Taylor. Okay, so how do you balance between, like, not feeling good with loving on yourself and loving on other people? Because I find that a lot of people have, like, two different extremes. Like, they're either, like, mm-hmm. loving on themselves way too much, or, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I think it's, a, you know, like you said, it's a balance of it. And doing the, having that Jesus time and having those times you're having that introspection and taking stock of, okay, where, is it, where am I at in life? Like, am I, am I balanced right? Or am I, am I way over here? Not, not if it is. Like, so having that time with Jesus, um, building in like a Sabbath or like this concept of a day of rest where you can get recharged helps you keep all that in perspective, I think. Um, so I don't know if I, does that answer your question a little bit? I mean, are you wanting to say you want to do one thing more than the other or just I, the? I guess I'm, it's kind of like a personal thing for me because I feel myself like loving on people. And then if I love on myself too much, I feel like it's selfish because I'm not loving on people. Yeah, I mean, are you saying as far as like the amount of time you're giving to those actions? Yeah. It's just, I think it's boundary setting. You know, look at what you can actually do as a person, <laughs> how much time you have, and then help set those boundaries, you know, setting that schedule, kind of ordering that um, around what God's put in your heart to do. So, yeah. That's one of those things of, like, learning to say no to somebody. And it's okay to say no. You know, because you've got your boundaries set. This is where I'm at, you know. It's not unloving to, like, say, hey, I need time to sleep. <laughs> So, you can always work it out. You can always reschedule something. So, awesome. Cool. Chris, you want to lead us in a song? <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. specific to just bound I don't I don't know of any good just specific to boundary setting uh, a book I like um, I, I think is that a good like from high school getting ready to go to college is a book called Dug Down Deep by Joshua Harris I really like that book um, kind of gives a little bit of just um, and he's not really Pentecostal I guess he's sovereign grace so he's a little Pentecostal but <laughs> There may be some theological differences here and there, but it's a really solid book as far as laying those roots down. And he talks about things like that with schedule and building that kind of time with you and Jesus and just a healthy overall approach to kind of, I think, anyone becoming coming, becoming an adult, really. So I, I like that book a lot. Andy Stanley, right? Don't know who it is, but mm-hmm. she is just explaining mm-hmm. how great it is and what she's, you know, like it's all about 
awesome. That's great. I won't say anything about Andy Stanley's a benefit. So that sounds that's good. That's good. Very cool. I think the guiding principle is, I think also an Andy Stanley one, the balance of grace and truth. So like you maintain the truth of what God's word says about the situation, but you do it in grace. You gotta, be, you gotta have the love there. You gotta have that grace component of, hey, this is the situation, but they gotta know that you love them. They gotta know that you care about them. And it's, it's simple things like your body language, how you talk to them, how you are yourself authentic with them about your own struggle about your own like hey i understand like you're not you know this this part of your life is messed up but i'm not i'm not perfect yet either (laughs) none of us are until we get to heaven um but god's grace covers that and it's case by case like they're going to push back you know some push back and so sometimes sometimes they need space and they'll come back or they'll just keep running (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes you got to chase him and confront. Be led by the Spirit, man. Pray. God, what do you want me to do? You want me to chase this person? You want me to just push harder? Uh, what do you want me to do? So I don't know if you'd say anything like along yeah. those lines. Or, I agree totally. Yeah. My wife Raylan is awesome at that. I don't. She's like gift. It's natural for her. Just she can just be straight up real with somebody, but love like so loving, and she can say things that like, like how do you just say it to somebody? <laughs> like she just, she's really really good at that. And so, so and some of it, I think she just ha- has this idea of like I may never see that. This may be the only chance someone gets to speak truth into her life or that person's life, and I'm gonna do it in grace. And she does it. She does great with it. And so. Sometimes people just need to. I mean, sometimes there's a time to ask the questions and see if they'll get get it. But then other times, gotta be led by the spirit. You just gotta tell them this is in the right way, like Steve said.
They know, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah good that's cool all right well sweet i don't know if there's any other uh i helped out with 1825 the college group so i helped like co-lead it basically so it was fun i enjoyed it um it's different too i mean it's just different environment so, yep, did that from when I was in college to about 2005-ish. Uh, yeah, about five. So, yeah. Did you spend time out there in Springfield? or? Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. You're in Ohio now, though. Nice. Where at? Wright State. Do you know Chi Alpha? Okay. Very cool. Um, <laughs> well, I feel like I should pray that if we don't have any other final questions or anything. Yeah, go out. Well, we're kind of early, though. It might not be crowded. so. Well, I'll pray, and you can use your own wisdom. Yeah, eating a working lunch, I guess. And then when you're done, make sure to squish the boxes. Okay. God, thank you so much, Lord, for each person that's in here, God, whether they're a college student or represent a college student, God, and their passion uh, to know how to better help college students, Lord, how to better succeed at college, not just to graduate with a piece of paper or a degree, but to, um, to figure out what you want them to do and, and then to do it, God, to, to uh, uh, move your kingdom, God, to, to grow that, Jesus, and to be uh, faithful men and women that bear your name, Jesus. And so, God, I pray that that would happen. God, I pray that uh, more people would come to find their identities in you, Jesus, and um, Lord, that they would um, just seek first your kingdom, God. And um, God, we just pray for, for your blessing on uh, each person that is represented, each student that is represented in this room today, and even those that will be impacted, God. Um, Lord, I pray that your spirit would move, Lord, that you would lead us, um, guide us, Lord, and uh, all the ways that we need to go, Lord. Be with the rest of this. Be with us the rest of this day. Thanks for food, and I uh, pray that you help us make great connections here at Synergy uh, with other people as well. And uh, we thanks for letting us be a part of the kingdom. In your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.